Welcome to the Biz Bash podcast, where we make biz strategy a piece of cake. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Cammie, but you might know us better as Eliza and Calligraphy and Cammie Monet. We want to help you, our fellow stationers, artists, and calligraphers, confidently build a profitable and personality-driven creative biz. We're here to share our honest-to-goodness advice and actionable strategies for ambitious artists. So put on your party hat, quit being a procrastinator gator, and let's get this party started. Hello, BizBash babes. Welcome back for episode 43. Today, we're talking all about inquiry processes for wedding stationers. And I think this episode will still help you with inquiry with your inquiry process, even if you're not a wedding stationer, but we are coming from it strictly from that perspective. So we're going to break down our processes, what works and what doesn't work in an inquiry form. We're also going to talk about the phone call dilemma and different lead personalities, because we guarantee that all the people that are inquiring with you have very different styles um, in terms of how they want to be communicated with. So we're going to go over that later in the episode. But to start things off, we are going to go ahead and read a review. We have a wonderful review from Sarah K. Shearer on iTunes, and she titled her review five stars. Well, (laughs) she titled it (laughs) practical info from hardworking gals. I think that's what it says. It like cuts it off, but it says five stars. I love listening to this podcast while I work. As a self-employed creative, I sometimes miss brainstorming with teammates, sharing the ups and downs of work and being inspired by the progress of others around me. Cammie and Elizabeth share about all those things in their podcasts, and I appreciate it so much. I recommend it as a resource for any visual arts creative, whether you're a stationer, calligrapher, or not. There's plenty of value here for you. Thank you, C and E. Aw, that was so nice. (laughs) I know, it really was. And visual arts creative, like we've never used that term before, and I I think that kind of like hits it on the head. It really does. That might have been the word we've been looking for this whole time. (laughs) We're like paper people. <laughs> paper people. Oh my gosh. I know. But anyway, you guys, I'm so excited to have we're gonna be talking about this today because we get a million questions on it. And also I'm giving a disclaimer that I am a little sick. So if I sound like a man, I'm so sorry. But <laughs> it's fine. We're rolling with it anyway, because I have a lot to say on this topic. I think there's a lot of confusion about the inquiry process and there's a lot of different paths you can take. So we're just going to try to break it down as much as possible, share what works for us. And I'm going to give a disclaimer. I'm going to pull an Elizabeth right now. Um, (laughs) Yes. But not only are we all different, but our clients are all very different too. So you're going to want to be able to adapt your process. I feel like that is huge. Um, And just remember this as we go through that there's a super effective approach to all this is to not just treat others how you want to be treated, but treat them how they want to be treated. So like coming up with what's most comfortable for your client or your lead, how do they best communicate? This is incredibly effective in the sales and inquiry experience because that's very important in order to actually get them to follow through and book. So we'll kind of unpack all this as we go along. But I just want you to keep that in mind that you don't have to do it the same every single time. You don't have to do it the same as us every single time or at all even. Um, So just keep that in mind. Yeah, I would say that every lead I deal with ends up communicating like completely different. Like it's true. Like everyone gets like a slightly different version of the process depending on like how I follow up or how I send them the um, questionnaire or the proposal form. Like things have variables. Like I can tweak things within my process. And part of that is because it's not all strictly automated. You know, I'm like manually going in and I'm tweaking things and it's very personal. 
But I like what you have written here, Cami. that it's like important to talk about what is the actual goal of your inquiry process because everything needs to point towards that. Yeah, exactly. Like if your goal, like Elizabeth, she really wants to get them on the phone. And so her goal of her inquiry process is to get everything pointed towards that phone call because she knows that is how she can best make the booking, the sale. Um, Like my goal is to get them booked ASAP because I don't want to do a phone call. I just want to get to the point. And so mine is all about like going through, moving them through the process as quick as possible um, with as few questions as possible. Like maybe your goal is you want them to tell you as much detail as possible so you can give them a really, really accurate quote and not beat around the bush kind of thing. Um, So your inquiry process needs to just really reflect that goal. Obviously, the end goal is to get them to book eventually. But what is your like initial goal of the inquiry process? Like what's going to work work best for you and your business as well as for the lead? Yep. Exactly. Because I would say like most of the people I have booked in the past, I have spoken to on the phone at some point before they pay the deposit and sign the contract. But there have been, there might have been a couple as well that didn't um, just because they either didn't have time or that just like wasn't something they were interested in. Like they felt comfortable not doing that. Um, Part of the reason I want to get them on the phone is because like that's where I'm more comfortable because I can get them to like know me a little more on like that personal level. Also, sometimes like I know this is super (laughs) self-deprecating, but sometimes (laughs) I feel like my work specifically doesn't always like speak for itself, like in the same way that yours might Cami, because yours is like so unique and detail driven in this like gorgeous watercolor. And like mine's not that like I think I sell more on like the ease of my process than my artwork. Not saying that like my artwork's like bad, but it's definitely so different from yours or anyone who's doing the like level of like custom watercolor artwork that you are. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Like you, you feel like your unique selling point is more like the experience of working with you and not as much as like, like you can do a lot of different things. Like I have one style, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So like, you're like, oh, I can take all kinds of different things and do all this and make it so easy for you. And mine's like, you're getting watercolor. All right. If you like me, you like me. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like it's super straightforward because you don't do a ton of like letterpress or foil. And we all know how your letterpress suite went this year. (laughs) It was very interesting (laughs) and different (laughs) for you to like figure all of that out and do that because like watercolor is your jam. And like you use like the same paper type for the most part, you have like the same amount of enclosure types. Like, you know, like everything kind of follows like a rhythm and a pattern a little more for you when it comes to your suites than it does for me because it's like we can go all sorts of different directions and so I like being able to like almost like brainstorm and talk to them of like what are you thinking and pulling some of like their ideas and their vision and then being able to bring something back to them yeah but yeah that's true because I really only offer like two paper types and I'm like it's either this or double thick like that's all (laughs) we're doing like I'm not gonna like mess around with stuff because there's just really no point you know, for me. Um, And if someone wants to do like all different kinds of funky stuff, I'm probably not the right fit. Anyway, like I can do some creative things with my watercolor, but the focus is definitely on the painting itself. So that maybe that makes my like proposal process easier. Well, I've tried to make it easy for myself by streamlining it as much as possible. Cause I'm like, I don't need all those superfluous paper types when like all they really care about is the watercolor artwork. Yes. You know, whereas your clients might care about like having different types of paper, you know, and doing different textures and different layers. And that's just not like as important to my clients typically. Yes, exactly. Because like the way that you create like 
diversity. I don't, is that, that's not the right word, but like the way that you bring like beauty to your imitation is through like the differentiation of the artwork. And I bring it through like differentiation, differentiation. Wow. Why am I choosing (laughs) hard words of like the paper types and printing methods? So yes, exactly. This all makes so much more sense. Oh, look at us, like understanding our, why we do things the way we do a little better. But like that being said, go ahead and dive into the initial steps um, that you take, Cami, like for your inquiry process, what you ask for them first. And basically the way we decided to do this, guys, is we're kind of going to walk through Cami's process. Like our processes are pretty stinking similar, but if Cami says something and I'm like, oh, I do that a little different, I'll like cut in and let you guys know <laughs> but yeah we're not just gonna like each be like here's mine and here's elizabeth's or whatever yeah. also i looked at a ton of different um wedding stationers like inquiry forums while, we were, while i was just like i don't know yesterday i was just thinking about this episode and i was just looking at all different ones and people have all different types of ways but there's like some things that everyone has so i'll talk about those as we go through this but anyway so obviously the lead fills out the form on my website i use dubsado for my forms elizabeth uses dubsado for her forms it makes it very easy um so i'm pretty much always directing them to that um so some of the must-haves on my inquiry form our inquiry forms are also slightly different i a wedding date is a must-have for me an estimated number of invitations is a must-have for me since i'm sending the proposal immediately so i just need like some kind of count. Um, and then just what they'll need, like the basics, even if they're not sure yet. I have a little like list where they can check off. I need to save the date. I need an invitation. I need an enclosure card. Um, and, and this is because I like to have some sort of baseline to work with so I can gauge their budget and their needs. Um, and I like having this in the one initial form so I can go ahead and send them pricing options immediately. This might not be the best fit for you again. Um, but if they want something like foil printing as an upgrade, I'll just do that as a line item so we can easily remove that. So I'm not going back and forth a million times. Mm-hmm. And then also a must on my inquiry form is a free form text box where they can write whatever they want, where it's like, tell me more about your wedding invitation vision or something like that. Um, Cause this will tell you a ton about your potential client. And I'm going to talk more about this when we talk about like personality types for clients, but having that free form text box is almost as good as them just sending you an email out of the blue. You can learn a lot from that. Um, but things I don't worry about like details about design style, that's really not important to me in an inquiry form. Yeah. Exactly, because you don't need to be talking about that stuff yet. Otherwise, you're basically giving away work for free. (laughs) And this is something we'll talk about a little bit later because we got a great question from somebody of like, how do you book someone without like giving away too much? Um, And that's kind of like a fine line to ride because like, you're right. You don't want to be providing all of these like design style details or ideas or things before you have a payment from somebody. But that also requires a certain amount of trust on the client's part too. And that's why it's so freaking hard. <laughs> this is like not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah. And and the thing I was noticing with like so many different types of inquiry forms, most of them are very long. Typically on wedding stationers, they are typically long. I didn't see any that were like under four questions or under five questions, probably. They were all very in-depth. Some were were like so in-depth, they were almost what my next questionnaire is, where it's like every type of wedding detail, which I don't send until after they're booked, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, And I feel like that's a little much. But at the same time, I'm like, so it depends on, we're going to talk more about the personality types. I keep saying that, but like, I think it kind of depends on the type of lead as well. Like some people, they could talk for 
days about their wedding and they are more than happy to fill out all the stuff. And some are going to be like, look, I just want to reach you. I just want to get in touch with you. And you know what? I'm almost kind of thinking for the type of people, for some types of people, if this is the type of client you work with, just having your email and be like, email me and let's chat might be like a really easy way instead of having any kind of form and just like kind of tweaking your inquiry process to that. What do you think about that? Literally just being like, email me and I'll get back to you. <laughs> I think that drives me crazy for my personality exactly. type. Me too. Me too. But I'll talk about what I, I think it would be good yeah, for. Yeah, <laughs> we can talk about that later for sure. But the problem is then yeah. you're trying, it's a lot of back and forth emails to try to pull out those details that you need that could have originally been provided on a form. But I kind mm-hmm. of have like a good and different solution for like the really long inquiry form because you're right. That like is almost this issue like oxymoron paradox I don't even know what to say like in this industry is because you need a lot of details to be able to quote correctly but you're right it sucks for somebody to sit down and do that and like I know I probably would have like hated doing that because I am more efficient I'm efficient but I was excited about my wedding day so I don't know I don't know which personality type I fall into we'll talk about them more later But I was going to say I'm super proud of like my inquiry form now because it is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight things. And that's it. Um, And you're not you don't have like um, check boxes or anything where you're like, what do you need? You just are like, nope. So date phone. Yep. So I used to do that um, to get a bunch of things up front. But the problem was that, <laughs> like, people... They would check off everything. Right, they would, like, <laughs> check off everything sometimes. Or sometimes they would put, like, the very lowest budget and check off everything. So that requires a whole discussion in itself to be like, hey, you chose this budget, but you checked off everything, which is going to be more in this range. So what I like to do is actually... Um, I fill out that original form, the really long one I used to have on my website, on their behalf Mm -hmm. once I get them on the phone. So I like Ah. add that form to their portal in Dubsado because like what happens is when they submit those original eight questions on my website, they get an automated email from Dubsado that's like, thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you about your wedding day on xyz like i use the little cute like dubsado like tag thing that it like auto fills their wedding yeah. date um like please click here to like set up your free like 30 minute consultation with me like this is how i get to know you better blah 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 like i make it all cute and friendly um and then once we get on the phone call i'm like okay i have more questions for you because these are the details i need um to create a free proposal and quote so by the time they receive a quote from me and a proposal we've already spoken on the phone so I'm hoping there's already a little bit of level of trust there and when we're speaking on the phone um if they are saying things of like I want handmade paper with foil printing but their budget is like nothing (laughs) I can try to like reset their expectations then and there to be like well I do want to let you know like this and that like And so I find that the 30 minutes I spend on the phone call can often save me like a lot of wasted time down the road, (laughs) like creating like a proposal that they like see and they immediately balk and they're like, nope, I like can't afford this or I don't want to pay this. And instead it like opens up more of like a dialogue of like, 
hey, we've already talked on the phone and it's like, okay, if you want to hop on again so we can talk about how we can like change the proposal or remove some things to bring it down into your budget. Um, or, you know, just to like even add some things sometimes they want to tweak things. So this is what I'm starting to really try to move forward with. <laughs> but the problem is that like sometimes people are like a little dumb I feel like maybe dumb is like hard <laughs> but it is hard I will say because it creates that extra step right of they like fill out the initial inquiry form then they get a that canned email from me and then they have to schedule a phone call so you're asking them to like take two steps instead of taking one big step like you asked Cammy, um and then creating something and sending mm-hmm. it back to them immediately so I mean, that's just like a huge personal preference thing. I find that I sell better and like relate better when I can talk to someone on the phone um, because like hopefully they can like hear some of that value because like I said, like I don't think my like work screams that from the rooftops necessarily. Whereas like all your New England brides, all they have to do, Cammy, is like see one of your maps printed (laughs) like somewhere next to water and they're like, I want this girl and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) oh i know because like also for me like i think about if i was going through an inquiry process and someone's like let's get on the phone and i didn't have any type of pricing information and i didn't even know like any kind of ballpark to be like am i even prepared to like make this step and like can move move forward with it in my budget then i'm like i don't want to talk to you on the phone I would be like, can you just like let me know like the gist before we get mm. on the phone, you know, or like an estimate even because like that that's just like me. I would like to just kind of know, but like I also see I see the benefit of talking about it and then putting together a proposal because then like you know we had a question about that um, where Shana Skidmore who does like the blueprint model and she's you know an amazing businesswoman, very smart, and she talks about you know getting getting them on the phone first, selling yourself, selling the value yourself before you even give them a price. That way they're not just like, oh shoot, I can't afford that and just Mm -hmm. like back away. So I think I just, I don't know. I think it just depends and it just kind of goes back and forth um, because I can, I can see the logic behind both ways. So, you know, there's no right way. (laughs) Well, that's so something that I do actually on my original inquiry form. So the one that's eight questions, which by the way, two of those are like first name, last name. Um, <laughs> and wedding date. So and probably email. Um, I actually like on my budget ranges, I do ask them up front, like what their budget is. I want to have an idea. And I do not include mm-hmm. anything less than $3,000. Like the first option is three to $4,000. So if somebody is like coming to my yeah. page and submitting an inquiry, and they don't even see that there's an option less than that, then I hope that someone who is price shopping will kind of be like, oh, this must be like an indicator that this isn't the right fit for me, you know? Like I would never put like a yeah. 100 to $500 option on my inquiry form. That makes like no sense. I'll like never be able to work with those people in a million years. My design fee alone is way higher than that. Um so I think that's kind of tried how I try to combat that that expectation that when they do fill the form out, they're like, oh, okay, like this is going to be at least $3,000. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have that same thing where it's like the little drop down or whatever. Um, so there's three options on that. Um, but I also, one thing I do love about my longer inquiry form is I do feel like it acts as my own like weeding system for like if someone's not willing to fill that out and put in the time to do that then we're probably not going to work well together because the entire process I'm asking them to fill out 
similar forms. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like it's going to be very similar to this throughout the entire process. So like if they're like, oh, I don't want to do, do this. Like it's almost just like a little mini test um, that and it weeds out other inquiries. Like I do get lots, tons of like email ones or DMs and I'm like, send them directly to that form to fill out. And if they don't fill that out, then I know they're not that serious to get like their, you know, to yeah. work with me or not. So I, I do like having that in place because I don't want to, you know, send over pricing and proposals to a million people. I just truly don't have time for it. So it's nice to have that in place, you know, as a way to like gauge their yeah. interest as well. I would say, well, <clears throat> I would say my phone call does the same thing just in a slightly different way. Like yeah. if they're not willing to book a phone call with me, they clearly don't want to spend the time, whether it's 30 minutes filling out a long form online or 30 minutes talking to somebody like they don't want to dedicate the time. Um, and like you said, that's like a huge deal throughout the process. And one of the things for me too is that like communication is just like so important to me and it drives me crazy when I cannot get a hold of somebody um, or they take forever to like respond to things. And by getting them on that phone call up front, I can kind of like set the expectations of like literally telling them like look there's going to be a lot of communication through this process like when I did used to have a really long form on my website I actually had a question at the bottom mm -hmm. that was like are you available to communicate during normal business hours <laughs> like because if they weren't able to because some, <laughs> I've had clients in the past who are ER nurses that requires like a whole different style of communication with that client like once you book them than it does with somebody who can pick up the phone while they're at a nine to five and talk for like 15 minutes if you need to figure something out or even like check their email you know during the business day um so i would yeah. say like ours do the same thing but in like different ways for sure yeah um for your phone call do, are you calling them or you have oh them i call, call them a hundred percent because i don't okay. ever want to put the onus on them and then them like forget and not call me um so it goes when it gets scheduled through Debsato, it shows up immediately on my calendar so i can see when that is and when i go look at the client contact info in Debsato, their number's in there so i just like give them mm -hmm. a phone call at the time and i'm like hey it's elizabeth i'm so excited to talk to you and yeah i currently have two leads um in my like booking funnel, quote unquote, <laughs> that we are still like kind of continuing discussions and figuring some things out. And Cammie, this is really interesting. I don't know if you've had this happen before, but one of my clients is like waiting um, to pay because it's like a family member who's buying it as a gift. And that family member is like getting a visa to like get points for travel. And one of my photographer friends was saying she has clients do that all the time where they're like, I'm just like waiting like a week to pay because like like my visa is like coming for me to like get points for travel or like things like that. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I've ever had anyone like wait, but I typically, I'm assuming they, if they're getting points, they already have the yes. card, I guess. But that's yes. so funny. It was just funny hearing from like <gasps> oh. my photographer friend because I was like, I had someone say this and I've like never heard this before. And she was like, oh yeah, I had clients who were doing that all the time that they were like wanting to use a very specific card for a specific company. They get all the points and then they like close it or something. I don't even know. But like for weddings, it makes sense when you're spending so much money at once. Like why wouldn't right. you get like the awesome points to go towards your honeymoon or like whatever you're planning? I know. I'm Definitely makes sense. I've had clients who, after I would send the proposal, would not say anything. And then like a week later, I get a check in the mail. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I guess we're doing what? this. 
It's <laughs> rude. That's happened twice. They just sent checks. That would like, totally psych no. me out. I'd be like, um. I'm like, all right, you're booked. <laughs> but like, they didn't like say anything. So I was like, oh, okay. I'm assuming we're not moving forward. But they just have like their parents okay. send a check or something. Okay. What is um? Yeah, what is the longest like lead time you've ever had? Like between sending somebody a proposal and a quote and them booking? Uh, probably like okay. six weeks. Okay, that makes me feel a little better. <laughs> yeah, because I've had I've people reach out like fairly fairly early, you know, so they okay. take their sweet yep. time. That's kind of what I'm um, like going through right now too with like a couple of my people who are like late 2020. So I think that's why it's like taking a little yeah. longer for these people to book. And then I also got an inquiry last week for someone who's like January 2021. So she hasn't like even scheduled her phone call yet. So I think I'm going to have to like continue to prod her. But if she doesn't, yeah. so like I do have like a fallback plan because <laughs> if if she doesn't do the <laughs> phone call, like I understand like sometimes people just really hate talking on the phone like and that's okay like I've had clients in the past who I haven't spoken to on the phone at all and so that comes within that like lead personality type thing where I'm willing to bend a little bit and what I would do is I would like follow up with that like longer form that used to be on my website to be like hey I understand like a phone call yeah. for you right now but please fill out these details because this is like really what I need to provide you. Um, with the quote, but I don't know. I like talked to a couple people about like just being in the wedding paper industry and being higher end, right? Because like our clients are paying like three thousand dollars and up, um, a lot sometimes a way more up <laughs> than that. <laughs> that it's kind of like almost <laughs> like a white glove service, like when you can fill out the form on their behalf and then just like chat away to you and like not really think about it. Um, and I can't remember who said that to me, but I think that was part of like my inspiration for kind of doing it that way. But it is interesting when you're dealing with um, people getting married who are like 22 or 23 and truly grew up in like the Gen Gen Z. Are they like a Gen Zer? I don't even know. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> but are so used to communicating via like text and email and like not ever picking up the phone for anything. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. I'm like, I'll Snapchat you my thing. You're like, well, I'm going to a proposal via Snapchat, but. You're like, what about TikTok? Okay. <laughs> yeah, more people are starting to use TikTok. I think it's so interesting. Like. One of the girls at the Swell Press Letterpress workshop, um, Jamie, was showing me that she had like started her TikTok account and is getting tons of views for hand lettering. Um, yes, I had I have a photographer friend and she started a TikTok and her videos get like one million views, like not a cami exaggeration. Like literally, she already has like forty thousand followers and she's like, This is insane. It's just like her kids dancing and stuff. It's not even like anything related to her business, I don't think. But I'm just like, that is nuts. So maybe TikTok is where you need to be if you want to get like tons of views. I don't know if that's like where your clients are hanging out. Mine probably aren't, I'm assuming. But like, I don't know. Yeah, that's the problem is it's like getting the views would be so cool. But I'm like, is somebody who's going to pay like five to $7,000 for wedding invitations on there or is it just a lot of like 14 year olds who are like watching these videos 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to use it. So, but yeah, probably that's probably what I would imagine. <laughs> oh, I did download it once, like earlier this summer, sometime this summer, and I spent like thirty minutes on it one evening, and I was like, I I do not understand this at all. <laughs> like that's how I know I'm getting old because like I can't. Um, I didn't even understand Snapchat anymore. Me like either. I had it for a hot second in college, and then tried to download it again, and like. 2017 and i was like i do not nope i don't understand this this is nope i can't do it (laughs) i know gosh freaking kids these days y'all they're crazy um (laughs) anyway where were we in our process here well we got through like the inquire beginning process and then you have your next note about like the big email so like the second point of contact Okay, yeah, like our both of us have our first point of contact, which is basically the automated email. It's like, hey, your proposal's coming soon or your phone call or whatever. Um, so my second point of contact is what I call like my big email. Like this is like the crux of everything for me. <laughs> um, so basically this email has a lot going on in it, even though it's pretty short and sweet and seems like pretty, I don't know, like pretty chill going to the client, but there's a lot in it. Um, so my second point of contact is basically like, hey, I love your ideas and vision. I hear you on this struggle. Here's why I'm the best fit selling my value and how I'll make it work. Here's a proposal and invitation to chat more on the phone. And then usually they don't want to chat on the phone. <laughs> yeah. So here's what crucial in this email and what I think you should have in your initial follow up to an inquiry. So you want to keep things short and sweet, personalized um, and professional and casual at the same time. Like you don't want to sound like super stiff and like, I don't know, just super in- intimidating almost. I like to sound casual, like I'm their friend. It's going to be a fun process. Um, so I just, like, I don't know. I just keep it kind of light. I make sure I answer any questions that they asked in the inquiry form or any other emails they sent. So I'll always get those questions answered in there. And then I like to connect on something in the inquiry, like maybe their proposal happened while they were snowboarding, just like mine did, or we have the same wedding date or something. So I always just try to like connect on something with them. And I I do talk about that. Like even though this email is technically a canned email, it is very personalized. And I would say like you probably wouldn't be able to tell except for like the basic things that it's a canned email. Like, you know, if you looked at two different clients, they're very different. Mm-hmm. Um I also include like an empathy statement in there. Like, oh, I totally get how overwhelming paper station, paper can be for your wedding. Like, here's how I can help. Something in there that just like says you get them. Um, and then since I am giving pricing right away, which is, you know, sometimes considered a no-no with going through the inquiry process, but I'm providing pricing right away. So I like to provide something to back it up. Um, for example, I'll say like, this investment includes all of your custom artwork. So you're not going to be charged extra for additional painting, something that they're like, Oh, uh, this feels this is cool. Or like I include white glove service. So no stuffing stamping or mailing for you. Basically, you're kind of trying to play up on their struggle points and how you're going to take care of it. And like, you're selling your value with those small sentences. You don't have to like go into an essay about like why they should book with you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, just these small sentences that just kind of sneak things in. And then I also tell them what they will get and not necessarily what I offer. For example, if you're a wedding photographer, you would say, like, instead of saying, I provide eight hours of coverage, you would say, you'll have me there taking photos from getting ready till the end of the night. Um, and then after all this, I have the proposal there. They can look at the pricing. And then I have an invitation for a phone call. And I also just include my phone number. And I'm like, and I tell them, um, feel free to just give me a call anytime after you're looking over the proposal. Like, I don't mm-hmm. have them where they pick a date or time. Um, because that typically hasn't worked well for me, but they also never call me. So (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, But I leave the invitation open. (laughs) 
um but yeah so that's like what my big email is all about there's a lot going on with it um but once i get to this stage it's usually around a 50 percent booking rate from that email okay okay interesting um i would say the funny thing too about these like the way that a proposal is built within dubsado is that you kind of do have that like first form where they can check yes no or like more questions you kind of like outline this in your bullet points but the thing is like my clients just like email me back directly. They like never bother to like actually submit that. Like I'm, oh, a, I'm a, I think they're afraid that if they like submit it, that it becomes like something like permanent. I don't know. Or maybe they don't scroll down far enough to see it. Like it's like really interesting <laughs> to me that like I continue. If you're laid out the same way as mine, just like the propo- the proposal and then like the check marks, or do you have anything else in between there? Um, no, it's like basically like I have photos at the top now. So I like put two of like my new awesome, like beautiful, like photos just to be like, here's an example of like work I've done in the past. See my full portfolio here. Um, and that tends to be super helpful for when they're trying to convince their family members that this is a good idea. (laughs) Oh yeah. Cause if they're showing their mom, there's a pretty photo. (laughs) Right. So instead of just seeing like the money and the quote right away they're seeing like two beautiful images first with a link to see more so that that person can click on that and open that tab like right away if they're talking you know if they're sitting down and talking with their mom or their grandma or whoever it is hey there fellow stationers are you creating custom invitations and still sending a lackluster contract that's hacked together with google searches and generic templates we've got you We've created a custom stationary contract written for stationers by stationers, and it is lawyer reviewed and approved. Hashtag legal rockstar. The custom stationary contract covers every stationary snafu, protects you and your client's interests, and sets up an expectation of professionalism. We've combined our previous contracts as well as years of experience to bring you a contract that covers your booty and your biz. So become a put together pro and breathe a sigh of relief knowing that you have a contract that is easy to understand and avoids confusing legal jargon. The custom stationary contract is only $227, which is half of what you'd expect to pay anywhere else. And it's written by two gals who have seen it all. Spoiler alert, it's us. It's time for you to do things right. Go to bizbirthdaybash.com forward slash contract to purchase and download your copy today. That's the funny thing is then they never like scroll down past the quote it's not even that far to like look at that little thing because i even give them like a check check mark that says like thank you so much for your time i won't be moving forward with booking like to give them like an easy out right like if they Uh, don't just don't want to move forward that's fine but like no one fills that thing out they just like don't i've sent it so many times and i've like booked people but they like don't submit the thing i don't know it's so funny That is funny. I, yeah, I have my check marks are yes, no. Are you ready to move on to the 50% retainer? And it's like, yes, no, still have more questions. And I get, when people check yes, I always am surprised by it as well because I'm like, oh, wow, really? Okay. <laughs> like, I guess it worked. worked. Um, but then a lot of times I'll do still have more questions and I have like a little text box so they can put the question right there okay. in the thing and they'll submit it like that and I'll be like, if we wanted to add on a venue illustration, how much would it be? And then I get to send back and be like, well, it's all included. And they're like, oh, dang, that's awesome. And then they go back and check yes. So I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm I'm like wondering, I don't know. I don't have my Dubsado form 
pulled up right now, but I feel like I do something super similar because I think I saw, yeah. like, I saw that you did it and I told you, I was like, I like that. I'm going to, like, use a similar thing. <laughs> but, like, yeah, people yeah. just, like, don't, don't even, like, bother. I don't know. It's so, it's so weird. Hmm. Yeah, people are people are just weird. I don't know. It's very strange. Um, but yeah, I've had a really good su- success rate with this. Um, I, I think it all has to do with that email. Like, I think there's just a lot going on in the email. Then you realize you don't want to just be like, "Here's your proposal," and not say anything else. Yeah, <laughs> like that would right. not go over well. Like you, this is like very crucial. Um, and having all those little elements in there, like, w- will be very very helpful to actually getting that either response. And or the yes. Um, so also you can put like end it with a question so that they do reply to it. And then, you know, a week later, I typically follow up and say, hey, just want to make sure. Did you see the proposal? Even though I can see that they opened it in Dubsado or whatever. Mm-hmm. But just having that super easy follow up. Like, did you have any questions that I can help with? Like, yeah, kind of thing. Well, that's the interesting thing for um, me, too, right now is that the inquiries that I have are both people who want who like really want to put their own together. <laughs> Which is fine with me. Uh, like I have okay. them like sign off on something like when I release everything to them and I create like a little video of like, here's how you assemble everything and put it together. And they basically like sign off that I have like, you know, I'm not responsible for anything once they receive the items and do it themselves. Um, yeah. But that's like, otherwise I would like include that line that you have because it like sounds so good. But <laughs> I'm like, dang it all. Like I, that's that's kind of something I like want to move out of is I really do want clients who want me to do everything because like that's what I love but at this point I don't really give them the option (laughs) yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah. I know that you like don't um but at this point like I'm still getting some clients who like are so sweet really love me love my work but they are more than happy to do it themselves to like save a little bit of that money so that's why I'm trying to like bump up like up level myself a little bit to attract more people who want that which hopefully Catherine will help me with in the new year guys because I'm going through like a yes. little bit of a like not rebranding my name but I am gonna do like new logo new custom website um a, re- a, refresh, a refresh basically yeah a big freaking yeah. refresh <laughs> I'm very nervous, but yeah, you want people who don't have time to do that kind of stuff. Yes. <laughs> so, and so like the look of everything needs to appeal to that. And be like, are you the busiest person ever? Let me help you. Yeah, right. Exactly. And like for the clients that I have had who are like ER nurses, because there have been a couple of them, are kind of like almost my ideal client because when you're like working night shifts or you're that busy and like your fiance travels or or works full time as well. Like those are the people that don't have time and don't want to do it. Um, and are more than happy to have me do it. But I'm also more than willing to make something super, super pretty for someone that I can add to my portfolio, even if they want to send it themselves. I'm like still in that like funny in between. I'm sorry, this is like very much a tangent <laughs> from what we were talking about, but well, all right. <laughs> That's just what we do. <laughs> we go on tangents. Um uh, but yeah, how do we get back from the tangent? I kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, we were just talking about like checking yes or no on a proposal. And so you've been saying you oh, have, like, yeah, a 50% yeah. success rate kind of with this and that people are like yeah, from mailing point, you checks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, from this point, once I've like kind of done the upfront work of where they filled it out, I've sent that email and whatever, I, I know it's going to be pretty much 50-50 whether they're going to say yes or no at this point. 
And you guys, um, disclaimer, I guess this isn't a disclaimer, but this is just a PSA that you should not be booking at 100%. No, yeah. <laughs> um, like your success rate for booking should definitely not be that high. If, if it is, um, your prices are probably too low. So do with that what you will. Yeah, I totally <laughs> agree. Um, so let's talk to a little bit about this like slow versus fast inquiry process, because I think this point that you made is really interesting that sometimes when you send something too fast, it can like scare people. Yeah, like slow versus fast inquiry process. Like this is going to come down to really feeling out the lead and why it needs to be like such an individual process and not like a factory kind of mindset to it. Um, because you basically need to sell at the leads pace. Um, sometimes just sending over that pricing contract, you know, all those like nitty gritty details really quickly, uh, the way I do, I think could have a negative effect. Um, and with maybe you want to do more of like the slower process and warming them up. And it's almost like dating before they commit to you. So you have to commit to that whole dating process as well. I do think there's something to be said for that. Um, but I think this all really boils down to where are the leads coming to you at? Like, where are they in the process? Are they just kind of interested? They're just kind of like dipping their toes in, checking out wedding stationery. They don't really know what they want. Are they are they in the second part of the process where they're just like weighing their options? Maybe they have like three or four stationers they're, t- they're talking to and they're trying to see who's going to be best for their budget or the best fit like personality wise. Or are they just like ready to book? Like they've seen your stuff and they're ready to move forward. And I, I feel like the reason my like really fast inquiry process works is because typically when they come to me, they are they are ready to book because they want that specific style. Does this make sense? Okay, so you're saying um, so you I don't like, scare them by being fast. I'm saying I don't scare them because they are in the third stage. You know what I mean? Um, so like if they're just interested in my services, I always scare the crap out of them. If they're just interested in wedding, custom wedding stationery, but they just want a custom wedding stationer and not necessarily me, I'm going to scare the bejesus out of them when I send them my proposal. Yeah. If they're like, hey, I've seen all your stuff on Instagram. I love your maps. This is what I want on my map. I know they're ready to book. And when I send that to them, they're not going to be scared. They're going to send a check in the mail. This, this is why having that free form text box on my inquiry form is so important to me because when I give them that option and they've already like talked about all my past work, they've seen it. I know they're in that third stage of ready to book versus just like interested in what I can offer. Okay. Okay. So, so I don't scare them. So you're saying though, regardless <laughs> but- <laughs> of who it is though, you still reply just as quickly. Um, it's not about like replying quickly. It's more about like my process moves them through very fast. Like with yours, it would be like, hey, we're going to talk and then we're going to have a phone call and I can hear about you more. And they're be like, oh, I really like her. She's really great. And then and then you send over pricing versus mine's like, oh, you inquire, here's pricing. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like there's only like two steps to my process. Yeah. Um, but if they're just interested and they I'm not selling my value to them quite as much as you are talking to them on the phone. So if they're just interested, then they're going to be like, whoa, this girl just sent over like this crazy big amount. I don't even know who she is or anything about it. Like, you know, does this make sense? It's making sense. (laughs) I'm just trying to clarify for our listeners that you do the same inquiry process no matter what, but the 50% who are booking are ready and the 50% who aren't booking are just scared because they're not at that point. (laughs) Right. And I'm saying like you could tweak your process based on understanding where your lead is at and these like three stages, like dipping their toes in, weighing their options or ready to book. You could totally tweak your inquiry process to that in order to have a higher booking rate. I'm just not doing that. Um, But I think 
that I just understand, like I can, I can tell who's going to say yes and who's going to say no, because I can typically tell where they are in the process. Okay. Um, I'm not changing my process because I, I'm just not really that interested in trying to book every single client. You know, I want more of those ready to book people. I don't want to go back and forth a ton. But if you are in those stages where you're like, I really need to get clients, I think being able to judge accurately where this lead is at and tweaking your process to be a slow or a fast one is going to make a huge difference in your success rate. Okay. Interesting. I'm, I just <laughs> think it's interesting because I feel like if somebody's willing to fill out that long of a form, that mostly indicates that they're almost ready anyways. But you're saying you have people fill out that super freaking long form who like are just figuring it out <laughs> okay. yeah they're like oh i'm just interested and just trying to see uh they'll even say like i'm just weighing my options here like they'll say those things to you or i'm just interested in possibly doing this you know you can tell right away based on that whatever that free form text box is where it's like tell me more if they're like this is what i want on my map i've already decided what i want you to do i want to crest with my two dogs or if they're like i'm just looking at different options for watercolor stationery like, those are two very different stages to me. <laughs> I don't get that. Like, when somebody inquires with me, they're almost always ready to, like, book with somebody in, like, the next, like, six weeks. Or, um, or shoot, I lost my, like, train of thought. Like, I don't, I don't have somebody ever just, like, weigh their options. But maybe that goes back to, like, the whole watercolor thing of, like, I'm just trying to see, like, these details because, like, they, I think they have to, like, know me and understand me like differently I don't know like I always feel like when my like leads come to me they're like in the point of like looking to book not just to like get a quote for options I don't know oh well I think like they can still be ready to book within like the next week but it's more like are they ready to book with you specifically like yeah they might be ready to book but they've already talked to like three different other stationers kind of thing Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like the timing of ready to book just like are they 100% ready to book with you like they know they're gonna work with you like they got engaged and they're like oh I'm calling Cammie or I'm calling Elizabeth like they knew right away um, yeah so more about booking you than like yeah out a bunch okay exactly so like if they're just interested like they just got engaged they're just trying to like figure things out they're not quite sure what they even want they don't even know if they want watercolor or letterpress or they're just you know figuring things out, thought, like reaching out to a bunch of different stationers and then like weighing their options is like the next where they're like, okay, this one is 5,000, but it's letterpress. This one's 3,000, but like I get free address. And, you know, like they're just kind of looking at different things. And then the third one is just like, oh no, we're doing this. Like I've been wanting yeah. a crest forever <laughs> kind of thing. Okay. Okay. That's cool that you can kind of like pick up signals like that. I like try to remain like optimistically oblivious to the fact that they might be inquiring with other people like I try to like (laughs) treat them as if they're only inquiring with me unless they do give me that like verbal indicator but I'm trying to remember like the last time that I had somebody like explicitly say like I'm just like figuring things out you know or I'm just getting a feel for something um but that's good that you know that you're able to tell from the form of like who might be a shoe in and who who might not be. <laughs> yeah, if someone says like I'm really just not sure I'm looking at different things, I know we're probably going to have to have a phone call and I know that will it'll be okay. Like I do have phone calls sometimes you guys, but most of the time I don't, but I know we're more likely to have a phone call if they say something like that. 
Okay. And the versus just like, yep, I follow you on Instagram and they're not going to have a phone call. They're going to do the check in the mail thing. So yeah, um, it's like very interesting. (laughs) It's just so interesting too. We've talked about this on the phone before of like how your clients are finding you and where they're coming from (laughs) because they're like all like from New England. They're all from New England. Maybe that's how they work. They're like faster paced up there, right? Like- yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I know. It's it's very fascinating. There's just like so many different factors that go into the inquiry process and like types of clients. Just crazy. And I want to I wanna put in too, because I loved what you said before about the fact that like your emails are sweet, personalized, um, and that they can be like really fun because even though your invitations are like much higher priced and like what we would say is within like the luxury market for invitations, like you can still be fun. Your brand voice doesn't have to be like stodgy and serious just because it's expensive. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's a very good point. You don't have to sound like you know, you're a thesaurus just because you're expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. (laughs) You can still be down to earth and fun. So So yeah. Okay. So I think we can kind of move into like the types of clients now because we've been like dropping these hints of like, we're going to talk about like the types of, um, well, leads, I should say, the types of leads and people that come to work with you. And so Cami, you kind of like got these from somebody, right? Okay. Yeah. So I was listening to a podcast and then I like found this guy um, and his name is Sam Jacobson. I'm pretty sure. I think he does like business consulting, but this was, um, well, I was taking my nap yesterday and I remembered all these things. So uh, he kind of breaks leads down into four personalities and I think it's super interesting. um, And I think it'll make way more sense on like how I do my process now um, because I kind of understood these personalities. So the first one for the lead is the feeler slash relator kind of person. So I feel like, Elizabeth, I feel like these are your kind of leads. Like they're going to say things like I feel versus I think mm-hmm. they want like their vendors to be their best friends. They they want to call you on the phone. They're going to have all kinds of info and be like, well, this is what happened when you got engaged, blah, 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 blah. They're going to tell you stories. Um, they might send a longer email. They really want to connect with you. Mm-hmm. Um. They probably have like people driven jobs like HR or something like that. Their family's typically involved, like their mom and grandma might like be with them on the call kind of thing. Um, and they're definitely going to want the phone call. <laughs> um, so these are the kind of clients who might, if you have the feeler relator kind of leads, having them just simply email you with no form might like work really well for you if this is the type of client you want to attract. If you want to attract the kind where you're going to be like, BFFs and you're going to talk all the time and you really want to make that connection with them like they would definitely like reach out to you more if you just had them email you or maybe your form is very short like a free form kind of form you know what I mean and not so much like a ton of check boxes and stuff like mine is um so that's the feeler slash relator person okay <laughs> then um there is the analyzer and this point person is going to be like serious and methodical inquisitive they're very logical they're like detailed they want to follow through they're going to be like very good at getting you their feedback to you um they're going to love those check boxes they're going to love the checklist but they can be really slow moving and like making a decision and there's like doctors lawyers admin type of work kind of thing like that um, so I feel like I get a lot of these analyzer kind of people uh-huh. who are like very logical <laughs> um, and like, like the, they really love the organization of the forms and they check the box for yes or whatever. Like they really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then there's the boss type of lead. These are the ones who have very strong personalities. They're very practical. They're confident. They want you to get crap done. Um, They're going to embrace conflict rather than avoid it and be like, I don't like the way this looks. Like they're going to say the things that you're like, why did they just say that? Like who would say that kind of thing? Um, But the only way to beat the boss is with logic. So you want to be like super direct and to the point with them. They don't want the fluff. They're going to challenge your expertise and it's going to be scary, you guys. (laughs) So that's kind of the boss kind of lead. Um, They're going to be very efficient though at getting their stuff done, but they are going to expect you to have very practical approaches with how you take care of things. So if you're kind of like, loose in your process you don't want to try to attract this type of lead yeah Um, i think i am this type of lead personally i think you probably would be this type of lead as well like you're gonna absolutely like i'm inquiring with you because i'm serious like yeah treat me right you better like be on top of it like i mean there's a reason i booked with Catherine of creme brands because her process is so freaking efficient and smooth and the timeline is like super detailed and i'm like okay like you're attracting the type of like lead you want because like I am that lead. Um, I hope I'm exactly. not super challenging though when, <laughs> when the time comes. Oh man. Um, I could see you like definitely being like, I don't like what this is. Why are we doing this? <laughs> oh. And then the fourth type of lead is the dreamer. And the dreamer is one who's going to be so much fun. They're going to be outgoing, bubbly, spontaneous. They're like willing to take risks. They probably already have a huge vision for their wedding in place. They like know how they want it to feel. You know what I mean? But they don't have like a theme necessarily. So you're kind of the one who's trying to like come in and contain it. Um, They probably have like an interior designer type of job, something like that. They're just very fun and kind of all over the map. So you're, I feel like I have a lot of leads. They're the dreamer and also the analyzer. Yeah. Which is Um, funny because those are almost like polar opposite in a way. Because I would feel like dreamers tend to be a little more like disorganized too, because they're the ones that will fill out your response forms for a round and then also email you. (laughs) I think a perfect client for the dreamer of mine. I bet you know exactly who I'm thinking Uh of too. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. This is like her to a T. Like she's 100% the dreamer. I love working with these type of clients. They drive me crazy to an extent, but we always like have a really fun process and it's never like too intense for me. Like I work well with these type of people. Um, And then also just like a lot of mine are the analyzer where they just come through, they do their checklist, they know what they want. And then I create like do the, the really creative side for them. And they're just like, wow, that's crazy. But they love like the organizational part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, So I feel like these type of leads are going to be attracted to all different types of things like your social media messaging, your website, your inquiry form, like your brand voice. They're all going to attract these different types. So if you're like doing a social media post and you're like, oh, you know, when a client works with me, we have long phone calls every week to chat about their vision. I'm not just their vendor. I'm their friend kind of thing. You're going to have all these relators being like, oh, that's the type of person I want to work with. And so your inquiry process should cater to that and include that phone call, include those options to have like unlimited texting or whatever you want to do. <laughs> that's how you want to do it. Um, those kinds of things, you know? So it's, it's, it's very interesting how you can kind of cater your process to fit more with these type of leads and how, what type of personalities you would work best with. Yeah, this is like absolutely fascinating. Um, Isn't this mind blowing? <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it really is because 
I think that I attract the feeler and relater, but also like the analyzer at the same time. Um, because I seem to get some people that are a little slower in making decisions, um, but also like very detailed. I don't know. I kind of like get a sprinkling of like the like three of them, but like not so much like the boss. Like, but maybe that's because like I'm the boss, like for <laughs> when I yeah. acquire with other people, and maybe I'm like that's not what I like put out there to like attract. I don't know. Like. Cool. I definitely had some bosses and I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you want like I mean, you want creative freedom. And sometimes when people have like too much of a vision, then you like feel constrained by that, which is not what you want. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not so much that they have too much of a vision. It's just that they I don't like when people get very like intense with critiquing stuff okay, <laughs> like, yeah. um you know you know what i mean where he, you know exactly what i mean basically like let's think about a recent crest design mm-hmm. right. <laughs> like that was a boss and i just don't like that um and it's harder for me to work within those things because i'm trying to like i don't like conflict and i'm trying to take back over the reins and i'll just be like look if you don't want to work with me the way i want to work like we're gonna not gonna do this right. like basically the boss somebody, like um, if they feel like it's not getting done to what they want they'll try to do it themselves like the way they want to do it exactly and i'm like no that's not the way it works see, this is what so, i see within myself and this is what oh. makes me so scared for like in the new year i'm like oh my god i better just like chill for a second and just like let <laughs> let her like work her magic and like do her thing and it'll be great <laughs> i feel like i'm probably like the dreamer and i'm just like all over the map yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think so. That's hard for me to attract people like that because I don't I don't want too much of like all over the map. But this is so funny because like we're each other's like best friends and are clearly like polar opposite on this scale. <laughs> I know, but I don't but we're also very similar yeah, too. I think we have and more like commonalities that like really, really bind us and then the funky like we little approach things personality things we can like totally get away with. Like like, for example, I would say now this is like turning into like therapy for like our business. But it always, I would it always say does. that in terms of like, <laughs> I'll like plan ahead for more things, like to strategize. But now mm-hmm. I know you well oh, enough yeah. that like, if you're going to do like run an Instagram account, you might do things last minute, but it'll get done. And I'm okay with that because like, I know that's how you work. Whereas like, before like before i knew you better that might have like scared me i but i might have been like no we need a plan they have to be scheduled but now i'm like you just do it it'll happen like i don't i don't care <laughs> i'm not good at scheduling out social media posts i was just thinking about that this morning while i was brushing my teeth actually really? <laughs> so how much i hate scheduling instagram posts i'm like you know it would make my life so much easier if i would just schedule out things and i was like but i like to do it in the moment i like to do it that day it feels more authentic to me i feel like i'm just like making up content for the sake of making up content if i schedule it like it doesn't feel i don't know i feel so fake when i schedule stuff which i only schedule stuff like <laughs> once a year so um but yeah i'm just like i'm just not gonna do that i'm just gonna do what i want to do and it's okay that's this is my like brushing my mantra it is true it is true because then you like it, it gets posted and sometimes you forgot that you had that even lined up in the first place you're like oh but i will say that like for a thank you society like all of that stuff is scheduled i won't even like touch that in person um 
Yeah, because that, but that works for me. That's like how my mind is. And all I want on there is like, I'm not going to do a ton on that Instagram account besides just um, like put stuff up so people have awareness that I exist. (laughs) Like, I'm not looking to like get out a ton out of a ton out of that like Instagram account. and if you guys are wondering what the heck we're talking about, Elizabeth just launched her sister brand, the Thank You Society, which is all like these super cute greeting cards and letterpress maps. And it's like all about class and personality. For your life. So <laughs> go follow that. It's at Thank You Society with an understanding. It's actually at question. the Thank You Society. Um, thank you society. Somebody had you Thank You Society, which is so annoying. There's a one post on that account, and they posted back in like 2015, and I have contacted them multiple Stupid. times. So my account is the <sighs> Thank You Society um, for Instagram, but my website is just thankyousociety.com. So yeah, if you guys want to go look at yeah. my cute like cards and my like one letterpress map that I have, it's just it. like I wanted to dip my toes like into the product space, but. That's like a whole different thing for another time. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway. Okay, so back to leads and lead personalities. Like the reason I think I attract dreamers is because I'm always like, we can paint whatever you want. Like your crest can have anything in it. And everyone's like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like that definitely appeals to that like dreamer yes. personality. The person who's like willing to take risk and put chicken wings in their crest <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. So, um, so yeah. So maybe, you know, thinking about these and that guy's name was Sam Jacobson. Yeah. I think, um, if you want to look up more about his stuff on this, I think he has some podcast episodes. I couldn't find like, I was like Googling it again. Cause I just remember hearing it on a podcast. I have no idea which podcast it was. I'm so sorry, <laughs> you guys, but I couldn't find like an article or something where he like talks about it. So I'll see if I can find that and maybe we can post it in the show notes if I can find it. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, (laughs) Because I was also going to say to you, like, don't get, I know I tend to get like bogged down by things like this. I'm like, oh God, which one am I attracting? Because I tend to overanalyze everything. Um, So it's also okay (laughs) if you're like, if you're like, I don't know which one I attract or I attract all of them or like, that's okay too. Yeah, you can totally still attract all of them. And it's not a big deal. Like, definitely don't get bogged down on this. It's just yeah, food it's for just thought. Food for thought. And at the end of the <laughs> day, you just really want to have like clients that you enjoy working with that aren't like causing you like a continuous headache. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And at the end of the day, too, it's like you can just you can attract every single one of these and you can still just understand like, okay, well, this person's probably a feeler because they said, I feel instead of saying I think so I'm going to, you know, make time to for the phone call with them, make it like pretty important or this person's definitely the boss. So I'm going to like be very straightforward and use logic in my response back to them, like why we do these things kind of thing. So it's just like a, it's just tweaking for every kind of person that comes. Your yeah, way. exactly. Um. Um, Okay, so yeah, we have some exciting actually questions submitted for Q and Cake, but we pulled them for this episode because they are perfect. So we're about to do like a little mini like Q and A session (laughs) during this episode um, because we loved what people submitted. So Cami, do you want to go ahead and uh, read off the first one? Yeah. Okay. So this one is from Elizabeth of Chaucer road paper. I hope I said that correct. Um, it says, Cami, I know most of your custom projects are pretty cut and dry because of your limited paper options and print methods. I'm a fully custom stationer. I offer many print methods, paper options, et cetera, et cetera. 
I'm having trouble with my onboarding slash designing invoicing process. In order to give my clients an accurate quote, I have to first do a lot of designing. Need your advice. How on earth do I not get sucked into basically designing an entire suite before I even get a deposit? I understand that a client needs to know what the cost is going to be before they commit to something. But how do you suggest communicating that you can give a ballpark quote without sounding like a hustler or unprofessional? Is this something you send typed out in email or do you make it more official on an invoice? I'm pulling my hair out (laughs) over here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would say this kind of goes to what we were talking about earlier. The fact that I do a ton of different print methods, a ton of like this and that. So it can get a little bit of tricky when you're onboarding and thinking about all of this. But since I have like my go-to printers and vendors and resources I use, I can kind of like base a quote off of that. So it's just about getting enough of an idea from them of like the direction they want to go in. Like I'll make a few key suggestions of like, oh, well, for the invitation, we could print like black paper with gold foil or black paper with white ink. Like do either of those really intrigue you? Um, And we kind of go with the one that they are really liking or gravitating towards and I'll quote them on that um but I always always tell my leads like when I send them a proposal that when they book with me and they pay that 50% retainer that doesn't mean that everything is permanent like there's still flexibility for things to change and if like six months later when we actually start the design process they're like oh I actually want to do letterpress instead of like white ink on black paper then I just update the quote um and so part of this is just that like establishing trust within your brand and your brand voice and like the work that you're presenting and putting out there because I would say that is like the trickiest part of like getting people to like pay for something that they won't see for a long time what do you think Cammie yeah I mean even though I'm not doing like a ton of different um, paper options and print methods you know sometimes my clients will be like I'm not sure if I want envelope liners just yet. I know it's like an, another, you know, whatever amount. And I'll be like, oh, that's, that's fine. We'll just book you for the, we'll just get you booked at this, like the basics of what you need. And they, I always let them know it's a working invoice is what I say. And it's very flexible as we move through the design process. Like if they decide, actually, I do need to add on an additional card for the rehearsal dinner, or I do need to add on those envelope liners. I really think it's going to make the design come to life. We just add those on in the process. And so they're 50% retainer, the second half of it is typically not 50%. It's typically more because you've added on throughout the process or, you know, decided we want to upgrade the invitation card to foil printing. It's just a, you know, it's a conversation. It doesn't have to be like very cut and dry Mm -hmm. all the time. You know, it's going to just be a a dialogue throughout the whole process. And um, your, your main goal is to be respectful of your client's budget and offer suggestions that you think would elevate their suite but still maintain within their budget. And sometimes I say like, hey, I know this is going to be $900 of our budget, but I think this would just be awesome in terms of bringing the design to life. And most of the time they're like, yeah, let's do it. That looks cool. Um, So you can use that as a way to like add on more stuff. But don't worry about designing it at first. Just get them booked in at the basics is what I would, what yeah, I would say. I, um, like, Look, you really just need the invitation envelope, RSVP card and envelope. And if we need to add more, we can totally do that. And I always say that's the beauty of working with a custom stationer versus ordering from Minted or something. You don't have to be have all your decisions made right away. I am curious too, like why um, 
why you're asking Elizabeth about saying that to give an accurate quote, you have to do designing first. Um, you should never be doing any sort of designing for anything. It just needs to be like a general vague idea. Um, so I think that is like the part of the question that is a little confusing for me. Um, and maybe we can like follow up with you to like clarify that part of it. But I know what my offerings and my styles well enough to be like, okay, we have these options. Which one do you want to go with? And then I don't do any designing until like the actual start date of the process. It's more of like brainstorming or getting some like inspiration and then quoting off of that. But they're not getting like a mood board or any actual, like I'm not doing anything in Adobe for them before I send a quote. Um, so yeah, I'm a little stuck on like how to yeah. answer that part particularly because I think that's something within your own process that you're gonna have to be comfortable with being like, no, I'm not designing anything. Like my design fee goes towards designing after you book me, <laughs> type of thing. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. You don't want to do any kind of um, creative work before. Yeah. And so maybe you, you meant to use a different word than designing. Like I don't know. But that's something that if you hear this, maybe you can like follow up with us again and we can talk about that a little bit. That's an open invitation. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just send over just send over that quote in in the proposal, you know? Like that's your ballpark quote. And it's like, here's the basics of what you're gonna need. And if we decide to like if you do tier pricing or whatever, be like if we decide to add on this, it's gonna be this much more. You know, I'm just going to be mm-hmm. as a yeah, part of possible. that is just like so. to be confident in charging a flat design fee, because I'm wondering if you're maybe trying to like charge based of your time, like how long it'll take for their vision to come to fruition. But that's like the beauty of having a flat design fee. And for those of you out there who are like, what are you guys talking about? And like, how do you structure your pricing? We actually have our business sense for creatives bundle on bizbirthdaybash.com. And one of the videos is all about pricing and we give a whole entire thing about it. And so that could be really helpful too. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. So very helpful. Definitely check that out if you need more questions about more help on pricing. Okay. okay. I (laughs) am going to go ahead and read the next one from Lee. Um, Leah. I I can never tell if L-E-A-E is Lee or Leah. You're probably right though. It's L E A H. What did I just say? L E A H is Leah. Lay Leah Lee. That's only that's the only way to spell Leah. You're probably right. I have a really hard time with that name though. Or like just like reading it for some reason. Um anyways, now that I've embarrassed myself. No, it's okay. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, she said, after watching your video on pricing, I had a quick question. I've heard from a couple people, including Shanna Skidmore, so we brought her up earlier, that it's advised not to just send the proposal via email, and instead, the idea is to jump on a brief discovery call with the client to share your unique value and answer any clarifying questions they may have. Then, get on a second call to review the proposal live and walk through it with them. I guess the theory here is that the potential client doesn't just skip to the end and look for the grand total is blank line. They get Then they get to say, yes, that sounds great, um, repeatedly over and over. By the time that they get to the end, they're like, sign me up. Um, this model makes sense to me. 
But I totally see where you're coming from about someone who's actively looking to make a quick purchase by the time they inquire with you. That comes from our whole like hot leads episode. We're serving up fresh hot leads. <laughs> hot leads. Um, so with that, being able to send a proposal via email within 24 to 48 hours of receiving their inquiry makes sense. This turned into a ramble, but I am curious to hear your thoughts about this onboarding process and strategy for proposals. Well, the good news is I do think we like covered some of this earlier because I do like the phone call. Totally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think this is going to come down to like your style, like how you want to interact with your leads, like what stage your lead is in coming to you, whether they're like fresh hot lead or to book right away, or if they're like just needed like more time and they're willing to take those phone calls and like go through the slow versus fast inquiry process. So I don't think there's like one right answer for this. I think we pretty much. Yeah, I will throw in one this. thing actually, because um, I kind of just had this thought occur to me is that I know that some people who are doing um, like semi-custom collections or work that is a quicker turnaround, like you might be getting like a higher volume of inquiries for stuff like this. Um, so a, a model with like a phone call and walking through a proposal when you're sending out like multiple quotes a week does not make sense. Um, but for someone like me and Cami who are like super extensive, like high end, completely custom, like this makes sense to me what Shanna Skidmore is recommending, but I just don't think it's the best option for every business model. And you kind of have to like weigh that and what you're providing. Oh, yeah. Also on these lines, do you remember how that one time I was like, I'm going to send a video of me talking about the yes. proposal in proposal? <laughs> and I did that one time. And I don't think it worked because, well, one, here's what I think was my problem. I sent it to, it was the mom inquiring on behalf of her daughter who was on vacation in London <laughs> okay. for like three weeks. So it went to the mom. So probably not the best person to test it on first um, because they ended up like not getting back to me. Well, she did follow up a couple times, but didn't say anything about the video, so I'm not even sure if she... I don't think she even watched it. <laughs> I think I can check. But I did, a, instead of doing a phone call, I did, like, a video. I was like, hi, I'm Cammie. I'm going to walk you through. Like, I know you're interested in foil. Here's how this works. Like, just basically talking through the different mm -hmm. options that I had on the proposal and, like, explaining more about, like, the why behind things. Um, I thought that would be an interesting... Um, instead of doing a phone call, they instantly get to see your face and, like, also the invitation to do a phone call. But that's something I thought about doing. I tried it one time. It was a flop. I do think bad bad audience test. So maybe yeah. I'll try it again. <laughs> but that's also you have to be like I know, put together, right? You have to have you like know? your makeup You're done, it, and then you have to record it, and then you have to upload yeah, it. You and then, like it's just easier to get on the phone. Like if they can hear my voice, they don't have to see that it I'm was like, like in my sweatpants. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a three minute thing. I was like, oh, I just got a new inquiry because I had the idea. I was like, I'm just gonna throw it out there and see what happens. But you know, just throwing it out there as an idea. Maybe you guys want to try that. It could totally work. Like I could see that definitely being like a really cool way to set yeah. yourself apart mm -hmm. on your proposals. people. Um, use Loom so. for that actually, because I've heard other people doing something similar. Yeah. Um, like designers, like web designers, brand designers tend to use that too, and it works pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, but that kind of like wraps up what we were going to talk about in that episode because we had those two questions. So it was kind of like a nice bookend. Um, to the episode, but is there anything else that we need to uh, like cover or go over, Cami, before we end this bad boy? Um, I just want to end on this one thing that we did not cover, but you know, I we always talk about people 
getting ghosted, like your clients are ghosting you. But I just want to caution, like, are you, are they ghosting you or are you scaring them, you guys? <laughs> like maybe in your proposal, I just don't get bogged down in giving too much information where you have like 14 PDFs and like a four forty-five paragraph long email. Don't give too much information. Don't ask too many questions. Don't create confusion with numbers and don't get too bogged down in specifics. So something to think about like ghosting versus scaring your clients. Yeah, very true. And like a follow-up is your biggest asset. And like, honestly, I think this might sound outrageous to some of you. You should be following up with people five to seven times. I know that sounds crazy, but I keep hearing that from like other industries and other people. (laughs) What? I I just got so nervous. I was like, five to seven? Good God, I don't even call my actual friends that many times. Yeah, because um, people just like forget. People lead busy lives. And actually what I heard, like when I was at QuickBooks Connect, I sat in on a session that was like the art of follow-up basically. And that you're actually doing them like a favor by reminding them about this thing that they spent time like like inquiring for like you in your head you might think oh god I'm bothering this person but you're just like doing a favor you're popping up to like remind them that like hey you filled this out like are you still interested and after that many times if you if you don't get a response you can let it go but you never know what's going on in someone's life like family members pass away this is the true reality of this I have had this happen with like leads and inquiries before it completely like derails everything and like if you don't like follow up when like life gets in the way, those people aren't ever going to come back to you. So just remember that. Yeah, that's a really good point to end on too, to just be annoying as possible. Just kidding. (laughs) But seriously, you are doing them a favor when you're following up. So don't feel like you're being annoying. Yes, 100%. Okay. Well, if you guys like the podcast, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. We absolutely love hearing from you guys. And the fact that we still get a couple a week is like amazing. It makes our day every time we see one come through. It's so nice that you guys are like spending your precious time like writing us like encouraging things to read because it really keeps us going since this resource is for free, which is the best. Yes, exactly. Definitely leave us some kind words. And if you have any more questions, you can always ask them at bizbirthdaybash.com slash Q and cake. So you can ask any follow-up questions there and we will answer them in our Q and cake episodes. Yep. Sounds great. All right, guys. Have a great rest of your day. All right. uh, Hang loose, Christmas moose. (laughs) Bye. Hey guys, Elizabeth here. Just wanted to hop in and talk about one of Cami and I's amazing resources called the A to Z directory. I know that all of us have thought at some point, how did she do that? Or how did she make that? And maybe you just don't know where to start and how the heck to produce the product that you've dreamt up. Well, the A to Z directory is the missing puzzle piece in your biz, and it is actually a yearly membership that is a one-stop shop to every supplier you need to create anything from wedding invitations to coasters, mugs, napkins, greeting cards, and more. And we even have resources for drop shippers, where to produce a bunch of different things. And essentially, we just wanna help you guys search less and create more. This resource is a really great deal at $147 per year. It also includes access to our private Facebook group where you can ask any questions you have and get the answers you need at the drop of a hat, which is awesome. It's a really great community over there. 
So head over to bizbirthdaybash.com directory to get more information and to sign up today.